This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, and joined by Damon McDonald. Nearly Christmas, Damon. Are you excited? I am excited. It's the most wonderful time of the year, as the song goes. Uh, yeah, I like I like the Christmas time. I always have fun. There's always plenty of uh, things to do and uh, food and drinks, and it's going to be a fun time. What's your Christmas dinner looking like this year? So we go, every year we traditionally go to Baltimore to our friend Gabby's mom's house. But this year they decided to rent, <laughs> it just sounds like really posh, but trust me, I have nothing to do with it. Uh, there's this, so we they rented like this humongous compound. It's like a mansion uh, that they Airbnb'd and they have it for the week. And it is massive. Uh, like, like, and it's like super Christmassy. It's just amazing. So they 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 decided to have everybody there. So we're going to travel there. Cheryl leaves in about a couple hours to get on the train to go there. Um, and I will drive up there on tomorrow morning. And yeah, we're going to spend a couple days there. And there's always a feast. They eat at midnight. They eat midnight Christmas Eve. No, like maybe 11 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And then they'll um, open gifts at midnight. But you drink all day, and you just eat all day, and you have fun. It's just and and our you know our good friend from um, Australia uh, is there, and it's going to be a great time. So yeah, I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, my Christmas will be a bit of a strange one this year. Uh, I'm going to Beijing tomorrow yeah. for the first week of my holidays, so probably won't be doing anything that Christmassy, but. Uh, I will be eating a lot of tasty food. So maybe instead of the roast turkey, I'll be eating some Beijing roast duck, which very exciting that for me. That does sound really fucking good, actually. Now, this is your first time in Beijing? Yep, that's right. Oh my God. What's what's the thing that... Which is weird, really. I mean, having lived in China for nearly four years and never haven't got around to go to Beijing and visit the Great Wall and do all that touristy stuff. So, yeah. Dude, I live in the fucking neighborhoods where people haven't even gone into Philadelphia. I swear to God. People haven't gone to New York. Um... So that's uh, that's not that strange. It's it's amazing how people are, you know. I don't know. It just it just doesn't come around. <laughs> I I find it odd, but um, yeah. There, there, trust me, that happens all the time. That's not that that's not that strange. All right, well, should we just crack straight on yeah. with it? Yeah, um, a busy one, don't we? Because it's an exciting show for us. It's the biggest fan poll of the year. People are desperate to know our picks, so. Damon, who did you vote for in the New Japan Pro Wrestling bodybuilding oh. competition? I've sent you the link on WhatsApp. Let's see, yeah. I want your takes. All right, let's see what we got here. Listen, if Peter's in it, I'll tell you what. Show is ripped. Show looks like he hasn't eaten in <laughs> two weeks. He is. He's got like a... The biggest feud of the, uh, the decade, show versus carbs. <laughs> that man hasn't had a carb in months. 
Wow, I mean, he is ripped. I mean, why isn't Sho taking off his shirt? Or Yo, rather. Uh, he's in a flannel. Yeah, that's weird. Is he sort of fundamentally misunderstood the, the principles of the bodybuilding competition? Yeah, I mean, he? you can't see anything. He just suddenly got really shy. Right, him, of all people. He's wearing a fucking flannel. Abushi, uh, of course. I mean, here's what Abushi's got. He's got those side ab muscles. So you got that, you know what I mean? Like right, below, right on the rib cage. Like I don't even know how the fuck you would even develop those things. Oh, Lord. Unbelievable. I'm sure it's all natural, Damon. <laughs> Tana looking, looking, uh, looking thick. Uh, Great pair of tits. Best, best tits in New Zealand. Yeah, Japan. yeah. He was a highlight of that book, right? Hanare all, all lubed up, all greased up. See, here's the thing. He's got, he looks like he's got extra. He he put he did a, he did a little extra on the baby oil, just to fucking get the the uh, the uh, the muscles glistening. Tajiri yes, looking ripped, very slippery. Look at there. Tajiri's back. Whew. Jesus Christ! I didn't even know I had muscles there, let alone developed muscles. God Almighty! Oh, Ishimori. Well, yeah, 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 Ishimori. Yeah. That back pose is. It's like he could hold a pencil between those. Oh my God. I mean, seriously. I mean, he has muscles where I didn't even think he would have muscles. Uh, <laughs> the last two are pretty fucking great. Um, we have Peter, who looks fantastic with her uh, well-developed hiney. She has a very nice hiney uh, with the Bullet Club logo placed uh, strategically on the left cheek. And then you have <laughs> Taguch, who... who yeah, I mean he he looks like uh, a listener of our show. <laughs> that would be if I were to guess, I would say that would be it. He's got uh, his underwear. He's got the V tapers going on. I mean, I would never have. Yeah, they're that. bad V tapers though. <laughs> as long as I live, so. those are the bad ones. Those are the ones that you don't want, where the gut outlines the lower pelvic area. Uh, and I love his pose too. That just the stretch, like the uh, exhausted arm thing. It's fucking hilarious. Ah, Tukuch, you're you're a national treasure. Uh, but uh, the winner, I would say, I've got to be honest with you, either Ishimori, or mm, I mean, Show. God, I, yeah, Show gets my vote because he he literally looks like he's about to. You explode. see his shoulder. Look at his shoulder. That man's about to. Yeah, pop. you see yeah. like the the layers of muscle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like usually guys are just thick and it's just a round cap. Like on his shoulder, you see the ridges of muscle. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, you know what? Pound for pound, I, I can't get over his back though. I can't get over Ishimori's back. I feel like we're on fucking Vince McMahon's World Body League or something. <laughs> Here's Lex Luger. Goddamn. <laughs> Let's hang and bang. Uh, you know, I'm going show. Pound for pound, show. is. Don't let Vince see this. Yeah, don't let Vince see this. Another way for him to throw his fucking Otherwise, we're going to get some new signees at the performance <laughs> right. center. Right, with the neon gym. I wonder if that gym is still there. If that's been, you know, the gym I'm talking about at the WWW, WWF headquarters in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. Is it still there? Um, on night, right? On, you know, we drive right by it, right on 95. Um, and they had that neon, all the neon in that gym. It was like, oh, the fucking snapshot of, of late 80s, early 90s. And everybody wearing Zubas. 
fucking great. Uh, show's getting my vote. Show's getting my vote. He is a ripped motherfucker. Right, so uh, it's about a week until our trip to Tokyo. I'll be heading there a little bit earlier than you, and we're very, very excited about all the tasty food we're going to eat. And we've got friends over there who've lined up delicious meals for us. And I'm sure, Damon, the meal that you are looking forward to the most is going to be the trip to the NJPW World Cafe. <laughs> so I've sent you a link to the menu of this. So you, you have a look at this menu. Give me your thoughts. Tell me what you're ordering at the New Japan World Cafe. Okay. Um... I will say this. I know just by the tone of your voice that you will not be here. You will not be dining here. This would be – you'd rather go to TGI Fridays, <laughs> I think, than uh, here by the tone of your voice. All right. I got the menu right here. Um, Okada's got himself – was that a, a, some type of rice bowl of, that, of some kind? Uh, Abouche, does I think it's noodles. noodles. Okay. All right. Yeah, it looks like sort of yellow noodles with some beef, a little poached egg on top. Is the Tanahashi liter- with the literally just plain chicken breast and like, <laughs> like it is the most bland looking thing I've ever seen in my life? Tanahashi's. Yeah, it doesn't look very appetizing, no, does it? It looks like boiled chicken. That's what it looks like. Boiled chicken. Ugh. Uh, Tanahashi's got a uh, double stack burger going. Double stack burger. Um, what else food wise? What's that raw horse meat we got for a bushi? What we got there? It's got, it's not, it, it looks raw, right? I mean, I'm assuming it's uh, I'm, I'm going to is is it the horse? We doing horse with the bushi? I I don't know. I don't know what a lot of these things are because the image that they've put on this tweet uh, not very high quality. So no. without uh, actually going to the website of. New Japan World Cafe, which I could do, but I can't really be bothered to do at the I moment. And it's more fun to look at these low-res images and try and guess what it is. <laughs> right. So it's um, some kind of sliced beef of some kind. But again, it looks very bland. It looks doesn't look like half the plate is just like a piece of lettuce. And what is it, 1,300 yen? So what are we talking about, 13 bucks about? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a hard pass on the abouche. I might go Okada. Okada's looks the most appetizing, to be quite frank. Um, I mean, they got some treats here. They do have some. Do you see that? Was it Naito with the eyeballs on the fucking? What is that? Is that his drink or is that a, like a Jello shot? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like a drink. I noticed that one what before. Because there's some funny ones there. There's a the Switchblade J White drink that's got a little blade yeah. in it, a little plastic sword or something. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, the Liger one. That looks uh, that looks fruity and delicious and colorful, right? And then the Yabushi one. See, I got a rule though, a little personal rule. And this was brought down from the missus. It, you don't drink anything blue, and you just don't because there's nothing good that comes from drinking anything blue. Uh, so I don't know if I would do the blue drink. Is that Yano's? Is that a Yano drink? Was that little pineapple in there? Or a brain. It's like an or orange. Brain, or a brain or something. I don't know. <laughs> Is that a medulla oblongata floating in your drink, sir? Um, Sonata's got a colorful drink as well. I would drink, I would think the Liger one would be good, but maybe a little bit creamy. I'm not the biggest fan of creamy drinks. Uh, I think Yano's probably looks the best to consume on a large scale. And food-wise, I would go with the Okada uh, ramen bowl, it looks like. All right. That's, oh, you know what? Uh, Makabe. Is that Makabe? 
What's he got there? Get the ice cream and multi layers, and and that looks pretty delicious, actually. A little, little Sunday treat. Yeah, he's uh, infamous for having quite a sweet tooth, isn't he? Yeah. Maccabay, he, he likes the treats. Yeah, that looks that, that actually looks pretty good for ten bucks. Looks like you're getting going to get a good treat there. How about you get the sheet cake? There you go, Joel. We'll have a little party. We'll have a little, little New Japan sheet cake for uh, twenty five dollars. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going Okada, and I might have the treat, the Makabe treat, and uh, the drink. I'll have the uh, Yano punch. It looks like. All right. Delicious. I will not be. I will not right, be going see there. You there. <laughs> I will not be going there. You will not see me there. Need someone to help coordinate the appetizers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we do. We actually do need that. Uh, all right. <laughs> what, what, what else we got? Kazuchika Okada is going to be one of 42 Olympic torchbearers for Aichi Prefecture uh, next year when they have the Olympic torch running. So I don't know if you've seen that, but that's I think pretty cool. It's quite a, a good development for New Japan Pro Wrestling to have reached the mainstream in such a way for Okada to get that sort of recognition and be able to run with that Olympic torch. Doesn't hurt, right? I mean, I'm sure they'll have some type of representative from new japan war, uh, world or not world well maybe world um and the website and it'll get plenty of coverage there and then hopefully it'll get some coverage from a uh, local news perspective and hopefully a national news perspective it's always a good story they do that you know every country when they get the olympics they have uh, famous people taking that torch and taking it a couple blocks so yeah i think it'd be fun to see him uh here's let me ask this shirtless or will he be wearing a shirt as he runs? Uh, I expect him to be fully kitted out. You know, the yeah. robe, the necklace, everything. Okay. Two title belts. Ah. No, no. I'm joking. No, that's a joke. No, he's not going to have two title belts. But of course, the, the, the obvious problem, Damon, as I jested on Twitter, is that Okada passing the torch. No, not if Gato's got anything to say about ah. it. Yeah. He's going to be holding that thing for the next 10 years. Yeah, that fucking thing. He, it's going to be a hard... He's going to, he's going to be... He's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm going another mile. You can't. It's, it's uh, you know, the great poet from our town, uh, Mitsuharu, whoever. <laughs> no, no. Give it to Tetsuya. No! 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 I'm carrying him. I'm doing another mile. Wait, you, you please. Please let go of the torch. Um, that's good. That's, that's the summer. That's amazing. Because, you know, when they announced that they were getting... The Olympics seems like it was forever ago, but wow, we are right here. I bet you that city's geared up too. I wonder what what we'll see, if anything, um, to help uh, us get into that Olympic spirit come the summertime. Um, and I know they're going to announce a shit ton of stuff at the domes, you know, schedules and stuff. And uh, the U.S. You know, we pretty much. You know, we have a, we have a handle of that, but I'm sure they'll. I, I'm just curious how how they'll handle the Olympics, how that'll uh, disrupt the typical New Japan Pro Wrestling calendar. We already know G1's getting shuffled about, um, so yeah, just wondering how how that'll all fit in. Come dome season, we'll have those announcements. I'm sure. Liam asks the question that we're all thinking. Considering his prowess with carrying a stick, why wasn't Yoshihashi chosen for the Olympic relay? I think uh, falling. I'm not sure I would trust Yoshihashi running with a, a live flame. To right, right. 
some some small town in Japan gets burned to the ground because Yoshihashi dropped the torch <laughs> into a bale of hay. <laughs> <laughs> Local idiot ruins everything. Wait, what movie was that? There was that was what movie? Come on, I know that wasn't that a movie? I think it was a might have been Simpsons. Been, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, show yeah, we'll go hit it. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what we would find. So that's uh, and and uh, you know, as much as we all love Yoshihashi, I don't know if uh, I think uh, many people turning on their TVs for their local news, finding out who's carrying the torch, it would be answered with a big who? <laughs> who was this? Um, in all fairness to Yoshihashi. Let's have a quick chat with Music Damon because exciting announcement of the release of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Piano Collection. So this will be uh, an arrangement of piano versions of our favorite entrance theme. So we've got the track listing here. We've got piano themes for Tanahashi, Taguchi, Liger, Okada, Goto, Ishii, Naito, Sanada, Hiromu, Suzuki, Taichi and Ibushi. Now, some of those I can really imagine what they sound like on uh, you know, a nice, instrumental, classy piano version. Some of them, though, I'm struggling a bit. I mean, Tomohiro Ishii's theme on a piano, yeah. how are you going to get like the dog noises and the sirens on the piano? Yeah, yeah and that's a port. I think you can... I don't think it'd just be piano, right? I mean, I'm sure you can incorporate those sounds, right? Why, why can't we? Um, it's 2020, almost. We can, we can incorporate those sounds. Um, I, 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 I like the idea of this. Do you like you? You're you're a big uh, operatic. Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, you like the you like this kind of thing. This is your wheelhouse. Um, yeah, I I like soundtracks. I like video game music stuff like that. So yeah, this is in my wheelhouse. So I'll definitely be tr- trying to get my hands on a copy of this for sure. Maybe cheeky little trip uh, appearance on Andrew Rich's it. Music of the Map program if he'll have That's me. That's what I was going to suggest. You read my mind. Well, both of us. Oh, I don't think I could. I don't. I don't. I, you would do much better than me. I mean, you know what I mean. Like you, you would be able to pick out the intricate details of piano, where I would be like, "That sounded really nice." <laughs> you know, so just I don't think it would be. I don't think it would go over. You were great. The episode with the New Japan grab bag that was one of my favorite episodes. I liked. I liked doing his show a lot. Um, I told you know. I said flat out, "There's only a handful of shows that I really." Like anytime they ask, I'm in. You know, um, other times I'll come up with a convenient excuse and be like, ah, because I just don't really want to do it. Um, but yes, I I love doing his shows because I think he's funny and I think he has a nice flow and I like the idea of it. And again, music. He he is a he is a like a guy like W H Park. So W H Park, we have very similar musical tastes, um, so we connect instantly with that, right? Uh, but Andrew has such a wide scope and a wide range that he's able to connect with so many other people, you know, and do it well. Like, I just find him to be – there's certain people that I kind of find fascinating in the pro wrestling world. Like, I just find them very interesting people. Um, and I think Andrew's one of those guys. Like, he's just funny and dry and um, and sharp and um, – I don't know. I'll start – <laughs> circle jerking <laughs> I said well <laughs> let's complete the circle jerk if he is not employed full time by a wrestling yeah. company within the next two years then I will eat my hat I don't have a hat <laughs> but I'll get one and eat right. it you can eat my hat I have plenty of them cover up my bald head um, 
yeah. So Andrew Rich is a great dude, and he yeah he should be hired absolutely. What you send it? What are you sending me here now? Oh my god, ticket info. Yes, so that's the next thing I wanted to ask you about because we have ticket info for the New Japan Pro Wrestling of America New Beginning in USA tour. And tickets are going for prices which, I don't know, to me, Damon, look a bit steep. So ringside A, $200, ringside B, $95, arena A, $75, arena B, $55. These are not cheap. So you'd be expecting pretty good show for that level of money i say as the cat just jumps on top of my microphone <laughs> that was nice um yeah 200 bucks for ringside that is a significant bump over the usual i would say standard at this point would you say it's like a hundred maybe a hundred and change for for ringside in the united states um, 200 is a little... I mean, how much are we paying for our Wrestle Kingdom tickets? It's, a, yeah. it's about that, isn't it? And that's like the biggest show of the year. Yeah. yeah, and you know they're not bringing over everyone. You know, you're not getting... And even middle middle ground, like 75... And here's the thing. These are the flat ticket prices. We have not talked about those lovely... Ticketmaster fees or Live Nation fees that love to tack on an extra 20, 30 bucks and a convenience fee and a fucking take it in the butt fee and all of it. Yeah. These, you, you know, if you're buying 200 buck tickets, $200 tickets, at the end of the day, you're buying close to $250 tickets with all that tacked on fees. Um, so, huh? Yeah, that is cheapest tickets are thirty-five bucks. Again, you're looking at a two thousand seater. I will say this. I will say that it might be a little bit of a struggle. At though at. All right, let's let's just go get right the fuck to it. Is this thing selling out? Is Nashville selling out? In a day. No. Right? It just it seems all backwards to me, Damon. I know we've talked about it at length before, but announcing this without announcing a card, yeah. what other business could do something like this? I know. I know. I mean, look, in sports, you get it all the time. So you buy your tickets in advance for a game, and the star player is injured two weeks beforehand, and he's not playing. Okay, that happens, right? But this is a little bit different. Yeah, but I mean, if I if I buy a ticket to like Everton versus Arsenal, I know I'm going to see Everton against Arsenal. It's not like uh, spend seventy pounds on miscellaneous Premier League fixture and you're turning up hoping for you know Liverpool against City and then oh here you got I don't know uh, Bournemouth against Southampton. Oh, that was a shot. That was a shot right there. I I picked up on that. <laughs> I heard I heard that shot. Uh, there's there there's. Oh, come on. Nobody supports Bournemouth. I, why Damon. would they? What a shit town or a shit club that is. I can't even, I can't even find any gear to buy, for crying out loud. I, I, nowhere. That's, that's a shoot. I swear to God, I couldn't find anything. Fucking, I looked. I specifically looked. I couldn't find it anywhere. Not even on the, the team's website. I, I didn't want to get here for Christmas. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> little, little digs, little digs. Love it. Little inside jokes that no one else gets. Fucking great. Uh, 
<laughs> what our podcast is for, isn't it? Really it is. uh, There's not anyone else listening to this, no, is there? No, no. I think three or four, three or four people. Um, Two hundred is is a, is, a, is a pricey ticket. Ninety five is again ringside B. So it's not that you're that. Fu- I don't again. I don't need to go over the fucking prices again. Yes or no, Joel? Does this sell out in a day? I'm going to say no. Me neither. Me neither. I hope it does. I don't think it will. Um, will it sell out eventually? Depends on the card. I think if you load that up with some tasty matches, you know, we have a main event with a nice US title defense and a co-main event with a tag title defense, then, yeah, I think it could. Mm-hmm. It could. I mean, again, 2,000 is what we're looking but at. But won't. I don't, I, don't know. I don't think it will. I think it... What would be a realistic aim for that? Maybe, what, 70, 80% full, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would that be considered a, as the kids like to say, a failure? No, I think this is what New Japan of America are aiming for. They are shooting at venues that are, what, around 2,000, 3,000 seaters, and I would say aiming to get more than half. I think if they get, yeah, like I said, about 70% full, I think they'd be happy with that. Really? I think they would want, I, I mean, listen, I think going into it, their their hearts and minds are set on selling every ticket and every seat they can. Because right? I, 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 cause here's the thing, if you're going into this with an idea of, well, 70's good, I don't know if that's the great the greatest attitude to have. Like, you, you should be going into this with every ticket, Every, every seat. It's this is hard. This is. I'm just sort of judging based on how the sales have gone for similar events right. in 2019. Right. I don't know. It's. I think the public perception of how people get all fucking excited over you know buildings selling out in an hour, in a day, in 20 minutes, like that's become the norm for expectations for promotions has it not like is is that a thing i mean wwe doesn't do that at this point i don't even think they do that for their biggest shows at this point but is that the expectation has 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 a certain bar been raised y'all of oh you're not selling out in a day or you're not selling out at all you're not a hot product I feel that this is a benchmark that has been set by AEW, hasn't it? Because when they have put their big shows on sale, they sold out really right. quickly. So that is the standard to beat. But I think New Japan Pro Wrestling of America is not the same as AEW. They have got the, the they're not aiming as high as. Let's just say it. They're not as popular. They don't have a TV right. deal, and yeah, right, yeah, it's okay. They're not. They're not. And that's that's okay, um, because that is what it they're is. They're staying in their lane. Exactly. They're, yeah, they're in their lane. Is is exactly right. All right. I think. I th- again, I I hope to be dead wrong on this. I hope it. I hope we get some good news and we find that it has sold the majority of tickets, or it's sold out, or something along those lines. Would be wonderful news. Um, I think. I think with those ticket prices, and again, the lack of a show. 
it's going to be a little bit of an uphill climb to to reach those standards of instant sellout, sellout in a day, or you know, I think it's I think at the end of the day it will sell out. I'm going to be optimistic and say that, um, but yeah, we, we, it would be nice to have the good news of boom, tickets gone like that, and great job everybody, and away we go. But again, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that right now. We're gonna hold off on uh, celebrating that win right now just a couple of little things on Wrestle Kingdom we got clarification on the Texas deathmatch rules between John Moxley and Lance Archer at the Wrestle Kingdom press conference so this match will have no disqualifications no pinfalls and victory by 10 count KO or submission only because I want to know your thoughts on this because personally I find the last man standing 10 count thing pretty boring because a lot of the match is just counting and it's not as dramatic as when you can get a pinfall involved. So, but the fact that there is this submission element to it, yeah, maybe they, they could do something a bit more dramatic with that. But what are your initial thoughts, knowing the rules for this See, match? See, I, I like the fact that... Uh, let me give you an example. And it's, and it's on a, a lower scale of the dramatic element. But it's still there. And, and, and I think that they do this little, tiny little thing better than most companies. Um, is the, 10, the, the 20 count. Right, the the like eighteen, nineteen, and every once in a while it'll pay off, and it is it actually happens. They got counted out, um, so I think they that 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 count element, that ten count element, can be worked dramatically. I think it absolutely can. I think unfortunately the standard bearers that we have when it comes to these type of matches um, hasn't always been the best. Right, just from what most Western fans have been exposed to. Uh, it, you're right. It is. It winds up just being a lot of counting. And Okay, great. Um, yeah, it's like spot, count, spot, count, spot, count without much connective tissue. Right. Yeah, I would agree 100% with that. Uh, and I, But I, here's the thing. I think the two guys that are involved in that recognize that and understand that and don't want it to be that. Um, so I'm actually expecting some creativity and some, some different – takes on what this what they can do with a 10 count um and again i think new japan does a great job of building that that drama leading to something like a 20 count or again a a 10 count in this case and i think it'll be fun and i think it'll be violent and i think it'll be uh you know you'll you'll have guys doing dangerous shit you know the car crash element i'm sure so no um I don't necessarily have a problem with the 10 count. In fact, I think it'll be exciting and a little bit of a different spin and a fresh look than, than what we normally get with New Japan. Last thing on Wrestle Kingdom, a tweet that made me laugh from our friend Gino Gambino, who says, I may talk myself down for a bit of a giggle, but if old mate Enzo turns up at Wrestle Kingdom, you're going to see a 300 plus pound man leap over the commentary desk and fuck shit up real fast. I won't play that shit. So, Damon, this is something that I never knew I wanted to see at Wrestle Kingdom. But now, as we're sitting in the Tokyo Dome and maybe in the build-up to that, I'm going to be looking around trying to spot Enzo and (laughs) hoping for some shenanigans going on. Uh, I don't think that would be a good thing. Because here's the thing. If he shows – let's put it this way. If he's dopey enough – During during the Gorillas of Destiny match. Uh, I mean, seriously. (laughs) Like, like, all right. So, again, this is pro wrestling. Let's, let's, Let's bear in mind. So the, the high percentage of New Japan Pro Wrestling p- 
paying for this gentleman's ticket to attend the Tokyo Dome show, to then run in, to do all this, right? We're assuming pro wrestling. Oh, no, no, zero. We're assuming yeah. pro wrestling angle, and nobody wants that, right? I mean, nobody that we talk to in the company, nobody in the nobody really wants this. So he's taking that off the table. Then the other way yes. this would absolutely happen, right? Or would it have to happen, should I say? Would Enzo would have to buy a ticket, fly over to Japan, pay for his own hotel, get close enough to the, the ring where there's police and security everywhere in the dome, hop the rail, run another 30 yards, because between the front row and the ring is it's at least 30 yards, uh, then get into the ring and decide to do some nonsense. Do you th- A, do you think he is that dumb? And B, uh, do you think he would even sniff the ring, let alone get in the ring? I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of someone like Enzo. Uh, it fading from uh, the mainstream very, very quickly. Yep. You know, that ROH thing just turned out to be a whole lot of nothing. And he's trying to build up this thing with Tamatonga. If I were him, why not? Wow. What have you got to lose? Jail is what you would have. You would have. You would have. Yeah, but he's an idiot. Let's right. <laughs> let's not forget that he's probably not thinking it all the way through. Right. Okay, let me. Let, if, if Enzo or if any of Enzo's people are listening to this show, please inform him that this is not a good idea on any level. You will not. Yeah, I'm not endorsing this, no. Yeah, you will not get a job. <laughs> but it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. It, we would be pissing our pants laughing, that is for sure. Uh, but this is this will not end well. This will not. Did you hear, and I did see this, uh, again, in my limited online travels, that fucking rap he did? Did you see that? I did, yeah. It was one of those things where you can't stop watching it. It's really cringeworthy, and you want to turn it off, but you just can't. Oh, my God. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I couldn't believe what I was watching and listening. This guy rapping in his in his, in his his living room. And, you know, he's got to set up. I got to set up the beat. He's got to drop right here, and I can jump right. What are you doing? Like, nobody. Uh, who? I mean, you're an adult. I know this is me saying it, but Jesus Christ, you're an adult. You're not going to get a job from this. This is not something that that the company is looking at. Trust me, this is a super J-cast moment for you, Enzo. This is not a moment where, oh, they're going to hire you because of the great work that you do. This is not it. They're not going to give you a job for this. Please, find another fucking avenue. Because New Japan will not be signing you. Watch, watch me show up at the fucking door. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> just take it. Just stay at TGI Fridays. Yeah, yeah, don't come. I mean, don't waste your money. Have another appetizer. Yeah, another round, please. Um, we don't want this. No one wants this. We don't want this. Don't do it. Stay home. That's that. All right, let's get into these Road to Tokyo Dome shows at Kraken Hall. First one was uh, Thursday, December 19th, opening match. We had Rocky, Taguchi, Honma, and Makabe defeating Yuyo Emra, Yotosuchi, Tiger Mask, and Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, just an interesting little takeaway. Chris Charlton said in that match that Yotosuji wants to do his excursion in Mexico, which would be interesting. So I don't know if that's going to be happening anytime soon because he's been around since he made his debut with Uemura 
in March 2018. That was during the New Japan Cup. So, uh, yeah, it could be something to keep an eye on. Uh, we had a second match. Bad Luck Farley, Tangelo Tamatonga defeating Hinari, Finley and Jukes Robinson. Farley pinning Hinari in 7 minutes 30 after the grenades. Um, not too much to say about that one. The third match, this was an interesting one, with Dangerous Techers reunited again. Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Evil and Sonada with Zack pinning Sonada in 11 minutes 52 seconds with uh, one of his trademark flash pinfalls there. So... I really enjoyed this match, Damon. It was a match that was good during the World Tag League and it was a really enjoyable encounter here. And I just think the chemistry between Zach and Sonata is really, really good. Um, just quick question for you, Damon. Who would you rank as Zach's best opponents in New Japan? Sure, so a lot of them, right? Um, I mean, I would think Tano would be on that list, right? I think Ibushi's on that list. I think... Uh, I think Sonata's on that list. I don't. I mean, Naito. Naito's on that list. I mean, Ishii. Yeah. I, look, the, the, I mean, I think the question would be: name me a, a bad one, right? Name, name me a bad dance partner that he's had. Um, he's 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 been in the mix with just about all the top guys. Um, I mean, minus a handful, but uh, I mean, there's. He's he's had he's the guy that has tapped out every every main guy uh, that was his claim to fame uh, the year previous. So no, he's had, he's been in the ring with plenty of talented guys, and I think Sonata's one of those guys too, right? Yeah, I've really enjoyed the matches that they've had together. I think, like I said, they've got really good chemistry, and I know there is news of Sonata having some sort of face injury we don't know how serious that is hopefully it's not too bad and that he will be okay to wrestle at the dome because I think this match Zach against Sonata a match that before this crack and show I wasn't too excited about now after seeing them go at it in these preview matches I'm really looking forward to it I hope we get a sprint when I say sprint I mean sprint in relative New Japan terms like 15 minutes that's all they need doesn't need to go longer than that just some pure grappling because I, I really like the way they two, you know, do their grappling and reversals. And I mentioned before that the way that they've been exchanging pinfalls, like, particularly in this match with their, you know, the quick fire reversals of the near falls and Zach getting the win with one of the nose and then Sonata getting his win back after that the, the following night builds up drama for when those kind of things happen in the Wrestle Kingdom match because you remember, you think, oh, well, th- this is a, an exchange that led to the end of the match at Krakow Hall, so maybe it's going to end the match here and it adds a little bit of extra drama to things. Yeah, I know, and, and Chris Stroudman had even mentioned that, right? I, uh, I remember hearing him on commentary, like, you know, don't keep, you know, don't turn away from the ring during this match because, again, the, the, the storyline here and the way that this is built is... Yeah, these pinfalls can occur just about anywhere at any time, and any reversal and any small package could could wind up being the three count. So, I do like that a lot. I like I like I like the way that they structure their matches, Sonata and and Zach specifically. I do like the idea of of you know normally Zach is the guy who can get one up on just about anybody else in the promotion when it comes to and I'm putting the air quotes that technical wrestling. Um, yet, you know, it's kind of like the, the 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 superstar franchise sports team that 
always loses to some schlubby middle of the road or you know less than performing team. They just have their number. Um, and I like that idea that Sonata is kind of that guy for Zach in the sense of, you know, when it comes to a lot of these reversals and a lot of these things that where Zach normally would have the upper hand and, and a strong advantage, it's 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 just the opposite, right? Um, he, and for whatever reason, Zach just doesn't have his number. And 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 when he does, he thinks he finally breaks through, right? He thinks he finally has cracked the Sonata code, and then yet. Boom, next night he's fucking taking a pinfall, right? So he's back to square one. He's, I like this. I, I actually like the the idea of Sonata being his his monkey wrench. I like that a lot. Yeah, and it also, I think it's going to stand out as something a bit stylistically unique in that Wrestle Kingdom lineup because it seems to me that you're getting different flavors of singles matches at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, so this Zach Sonata match is going to be a grappling match, whereas Kenta Goto is going to be your sort of uh, strong, quote-unquote, strong style with them, you know, smacking each other really hard. And then you're going to have your sort of Western-style plunder brawl with uh, Moxley and Archer. And so each of those singles matches is going to stand out in a different way. So I just like the way that this Zack Sonata match has been uh, positioned. Um, fourth match, we had Shoyo Ishii Goto defeating El Fantasmo, Ishimori, Yujiro, and Kenta. Ishii getting the pin over Yujiro in 11 minutes 20 with a vertical drop brainbuster. Fifth match, this was a good one. Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi defeating Shingo and Naito. 12 minutes 35, Tanahashi pinning Shingo after, as it says on the website, falling love. So here we got our first taste of what they did that was really clever in these three Karakuen shows was pair up the different participants of the double gold dash. So each night you were getting a different pairing. So here in this match we got... Ibushi squaring off against Naito and obviously they've had a lot of history this year and there's like sort of reckless uh, dangerous element unpredictable element of, of escalation to their matches which you got a little taste of here which I found quite exciting and you know throw Tanahashi and Shingo in there these are one of those sort of dark horse tag matches at the end of the year that ends up being really impressive really exciting on shows like this yeah. I mean I know that we're we're full steam ahead on building up the uh, double title double title dash gold dash whatever the fuck they're calling it uh, and and again we're in full full mode but even so what a highlight shingo and tana right and and, and all and you know what every one of those little little nuggets of shingo and you know whomever okada and shingo you know just having them him being he's got so much left on oh, the table hasn't he my god i mean it, the, the, to me and I've said it before, Shingo checks all the boxes for anyone who loves Japanese pro wrestling, specifically. He's got enough street cred for, you know, the hardcore puro geeks can, you know, find, you know, a lot to love there. Uh, for new fans, there's a lot of flash and a lot of things that, that make you want to watch and, and make you pop out of your chair. And then for fans of New Japan, it's like, oh my God, you know, this guy's really just getting started in New Japan. You know, the great stuff that he's done as a junior, and then all the other stuff that's that's still left on the table with him moving up to to a, a heavyweight would be, oh, just fucking salivating. It's it, he is, and I said it to me, you know, abushi aside, and I still, you know. Yes, he signed a long-term deal, and he wasn't really new. I get, we get all that, but to me, um, 
Shingo is the, is the most versatile and important signing New Japan Pro Wrestling has in the past three, three years, maybe even longer. I just think he is an absolute weapon to have um, when putting on shows and for future title defenses. Uh, I just think he's such a valuable piece of, of, of this of this wheel. Love it. Love him. Love it. And he just, every time he's in the ring, it's instant excitement for me. Yeah, and I know a lot of people were disappointed that he's not having a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, but I would say hold your horses. I'm sure you're going to get plenty of Shingo singles matches in 2020. So I think it's okay not to give all of the best wrestlers a big singles match at Wrestle Kingdom because I dare say there's going to be something big for him at New Beginning. That will be my prediction. So don't need to worry about Shingo. Um, Also, what I thought was notable was the promos from Naito afterwards where just the way he was talking about how he is positioned in this double gold dash as being the only person who's got nothing. You know, Ibushi's got the G1 trophy. Uh, Jay White's got the IC title. Carter's got the heavyweight title and he's got nothing. And talking about how the whole double gold thing was his idea and it's his destino and how he lost the main event before. Just the way he was talking really seemed to position himself to win this whole thing so again probably working myself into a shoot there but i found his backstage comments quite notable there and then in the sixth match we had jay white and chase Owens defeating yoshihashi and kazuchika okada jay white pinning yoshihashi after 11 minutes 30 with a blade runner so again we got the pairing here of jay white and okada which we've seen a couple of times already this year um and i think definitely still has some mileage in it but uh maybe not within the next six months or so you know put that one on ice and you can come back to it later and it can definitely still draw and the seventh match then our main event here was the Hiromu Takahashi comeback very notable result here because the team of Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay defeated Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi Robbie Eagles pinning Hiromu after 20 minutes 51 with a jackknife hold and there was a really interesting discussion Kevin Kelly going at lengths in uh, this main event to point out uh, respectfully that he disagreed with us and he thought it was a good idea for Hiromu to be coming back early in these Karakuo matches to try and you know, shake off the ring roster and find his feet and see where he stands in this division. But uh, Damon, how, first of all, there was a, a really interesting interview with Hiromu on the New Japan website with some quite harrowing accounts of his memories and recollections from when he received that injury with after the phoenix plex from dragon lee so you read this interview what did you make yeah of it? I, and i recommend everyone hop over to uh new japan's website it's a good article it's a good interview um and and it really goes into great detail of hiromo and that dragon lee match and and the instant he knew the instant that 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 uh you know, the, that suplex hit, he knew he was in deep, deep fucking water. Um, and him talking about losing his feeling in his arms and legs and it, his time in the hospital. And dare I say, uh, depression hitting in. And dare I say, uh, him questioning whether he would even get back in the ring at all and, and or lead a normal life. Um yeah, it was it was a read. It was definitely a read, and 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 um, I, I I would recommend it. It it was it was, you know, we sit here and we talk about 
ah, Hiromu coming back. You know, we did this for months. What show? Speculate. You know, there's a lot of things that go on, that 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 were going on behind the curtain there to get him back to where he can be himself. Um, nobody wants a watered down Hiromo, least of all him. And uh, I think it's a, I think I think it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story of the hard work of uh, and and. You know, science too, <laughs> uh, to get him back to where he's a, he's capable of being Hiromo Takahashi, uh, which is not the easiest thing to do. So um, yeah, again that that interview was unbelievable. Yeah, and and here's the thing with the Kevin Kelly. I, I you know what's weird is that I had a million people, not a million people, but a handful of people. You know, talk about that. You know how Kevin, you know, thought it was crazy that that. People, this, this, like he was. I thought it was awesome that he was mentioning us, and and intertwining it in in a wrestling. I don't want to say angle, but like a like he's talking about you know Hiromu being you know capable and needing these matches to to get off the ring rust and to beat Will Osprey. Like he's using our speculation of ah, it would have been a cool moment to have it at the dome um, in front of sixty you know, or fifty thousand people. Um, being that the being that be the first one, as opposed to you know twenty two hundred people, and, and again, I think you can go either way. But the fact that he incorporated our thing into a wrestling, you know, kind of a wrestling storyline thing, I love it. I thought it was fucking great, uh, and I thought it was creative, and I thought it was you know that's a that's a that's a broadcaster right there. That's a broadcaster. Uh, so no, I fucking I loved it. I didn't think it was like anything bad or anything. You know, I, and he did it. You know. People need to fucking relax, is what I think. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and in retrospect, I think he was right because the way that they're building this story, I think if you have Hiromu making his big comeback at Wrestle Kingdom, that's his first match back, then your brain's sort of going in the fairy tale direction. It's like, oh, well, it's Hiromu's first match back. He's got to win. But now they've built out that doubt in your mind where he looks. A step, a clear step behind Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is a guy who's just decimated the entire junior division, and now you're starting to think this guy can't even beat Robbie Eagles. How on earth is he going to be, beat Will Ospreay? So it's added that doubt in your mind about whether or not Hiromu can even hang with a guy like Will Ospreay. And I thought it was really interesting the way that Will Ospreay was leaning into the the, the fact that he is the heel people people love Hiromu and they want him to win so he was quite happy to as Chris Charlton said wear that black hat and uh, play the bad guy and say to Hiromu oh, you know you're not ready for me I'm Will Ospreay I'm the king of this division you can't just come back from here after a year and a half on the shelf and expect to beat me yeah I thought that was really I do smart. too you know what and, and in hindsight yes I, 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 I see this and, and the fact that they're going in that direction it does make sense and here's the thing that New Japan does that I love them for that I want that I want to put my arms around them and and give them a, the biggest wettest kiss I could possibly do is the fact that it's not always about you feeling good and you getting your moment. It's about the logic involved in the storyline and the the progression of getting us from point A and point B. We are not going to divert. We are not going to change course. We are not going to... Ju- and, and again, the argument is, well, it's pro wrestling. Just fucking do it. I mean, what the fuck? 
nope, we're not doing it. We we have a path. We are laser focused on this and the logic involved. You know what? Hiromo coming back on his first night and him eating a pinfall to Robbie Eagles, who's been in the ring the entire calendar year, who has performed, you know, with uh, at, at at a top flight tag team with 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 Will Osprey. The fact that yeah, not, not only are you you know you you're just hopping in the ring for the first time in months. Yeah, you're you're gonna get beat by Robbie Eagles because Robbie Eagles has been putting in the time and the work, uh, let alone Will Osprey, right? So yeah, there is that that feeling of doubt where yeah, in pro wrestling, it would be great to have the great entrance and him and the crowd going crazy and him fighting back and winning the title and blah blah blah. And that still might happen, but now at least there is this feeling of okay, this makes a little bit more sense. Of is this guy really ready to be back? And he and again air quote, pro wrestling term, you know, and we're, we're, we're shutting off the, okay, we know what we're doing, we're the smart, you know, we're, we're being, you know, literal fans, and, yeah, is, 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 is there, you know, is he back too soon, all that stuff, I, that's good, that, I think that's, a, that's a, that, and, and that might actually be the better way to go, um, so yeah, Hats off, and and you know what? And here's the thing too, Joel. You saw that throughout the entire show, right? You saw that. You saw that logic take, to, you know, outweigh feel good, right? And I, you know, and I, and and you have to respect the promotion that has the fucking balls to do that. It would be very easy to have everyone have the feel good, 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 and the endorphins and blah 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 blah. You, it's very easy to do that, but to have the balls to say, no, on these shows, our goal is to fucking sell the big show right across the way in a couple days. That's a lot of, a lot of cowards in pro wrestling would have gone the easy route and the feel good route. They didn't. In, in, in any situation, they didn't do that. And weirdly enough, I'm fucking okay with it because they had the balls to do it. How do you think Hiromu looked in ring? Did you notice any sort of stylistic differences? Because he does seem to be physically larger than he was before, like a little bit more muscular. Did you notice that his style reflected that, or do you think it just looked like the Hiromu that we knew and loved before? I think he put on a little bit more size, and I think that's a good thing, right? Uh, Again, a little bit more muscle to help protect himself. Um, But I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it took away any of his athleticism, his speed, his, you know, the first 10 seconds, you know, he opens up and boom, they're firing off forearms and then it's bing, bang, boom, bing, bang, bing, up, flip, up, and, you know, they're all over the place. Uh, and, and in 10 seconds, it felt like he didn't miss a beat to me, right? He's doing shit on the apron. He's, now, nah, uh, for his first match back, I really didn't see a noticeable uh, he's not, he, you know, it wasn't like it was Honma back in the ring. This was, he, he felt like, you know, maybe a little, maybe a little ring rust, but overall, I thought he was back and ready to fucking go. And, you know, once he gets his wind and, you know, just kind of gets back into the swing of things, I, I, I'm telling you flat out, I'm looking forward to that Tokyo Dome match. One of, one of, one of the top, at least that I'm looking forward to. I think that match is going to fucking roll. And I'm sure you caught the little video package beforehand. Great, 
And Loose Explosion Fart Cloud says, is there any way that the Hiromu Return video could have been hornier, but still not totally R-rated? Because you definitely got a nice uh, view of his buttocks sliding around naked in the bath, which I wasn't expecting, to be honest. That one caught me off guard. Uh, boner? No? <laughs> First of all, Harold May in the shower, and now this. Yeah, right. Uh, look, I loved it. I thought it, I thought that little video package was was fantastic. Um, again, him putting in the uh, on that, in that new leather jacket he's got. He's got the suicidal tendencies, the band, the lyrics, and the only one it was a Pepsi. He's got that down there now. Uh, whereas uh, uh, he what was on the back was it the Misfits or was it uh, I forget which band was on the back. I think it was Misfits. Anywho, uh, loved it. Loved uh, he he might have the most fun pro wrestling gimmick in the sense of he just gets to be a kid like he he gets to just be goofy and make faces and make fart sounds and you know and and you know just be goofy and be a kid like that's got to be so much fun for him like just 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 be like okay go <laughs> do your thing and just being able to just blah do it uh good for him i i, I like the video package a lot and i think like I said, him him coming back, everybody with the signs and everything. It was a good moment. I liked it. It was it was good. Uh, let's focus on the winner of the match for a moment here. So Austin, who's the host of Pod of the Hour, says, "What's the ceiling for Robbie Eagles in 2020 after his showing during the Road to Tokyo Dome tour?" And JDM says, "Who should Hiromu's first challenger be, assuming he wins the junior title? Uh, do you do Ryu Lee immediately or let it simmer till Dominion? Eagles, Ishimori, El Fantasmo show are all on the table and fun. So, do you think, Damon, with Robbie Eagles getting the win here, that this is possibly setting up if Hiromu wins the title, we're looking at Hiromu defending against Robbie Eagles at New Beginning?" So, right? Uh, strong zero connoisseur, Robbie Eagles. Uh, maybe uh, is first in line if if things go as we think they will with Hiromo winning the title. So, yeah. I mean, if, if and again, we have uh, other options that we can go to depending upon where we go with this uh, Tokyo Dome show, the tag match with Liger. Um so yeah, I would. But but getting the pinfalls is usually a clear indicator that they're in line for a title shot when they do get a title. So I think that'd be really fun too. Robbie Eagles and uh, Hiromo, I'm down for fucking that. That'd be great. Okay, which takes us on to Friday's show at uh, also Karakuen Hall. So I'm uh, just waiting for this to load. Toa Hanare defeating Yota Suji in six minutes eleven after a Toa bottom. Ishimori, El Fantasma and Fale defeating Uemura, Honma and Makabe with Ishimori pinning Uemura in 10 minutes and 6 seconds after a bloody cross. Then third match, Jushin Thunder Liger final match in Krakowin Hall. Number two with Sho, Yo and Liger defeating Rocky, Taguchi and Tiger Mask with Yo pinning Tiger Mask with a dragon suplex hold. Fourth match, Shingo and Sanada defeating Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. So again, we're getting Dangerous Techers here, but this time Sanada picked up the win in 12 minutes, 6 seconds with the O'Connor Bridge. Uh, one other thing I forgot to mention about the Shingo and Tanahashi interactions the previous day. What I really liked was the fact after Tanahashi got the pin, then he was in denial afterwards and he couldn't believe it and in disbelief he tried to pin Tanahashi yes. after the match had already yes. finished which I thought was such a great little touch I yeah, love that too. yeah me too I, I saw that noticed that uh, and, and and definitely I'm glad that you brought it up because I, I did think that was a fantastic touch outstanding yes uh, okay so yeah as we said the, the Tanada Zack Sabre Jr 
trading wins here. And I just think it's a real treat to be seeing dangerous techers have really good tag matches like this. So I sincerely hope that we get to see more of them in 2020. That is a sustained thing in the heavyweight tag division throughout the year. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the titles, although I think it should be in the title program. But let's not just save all the good heavyweight tag teams until World Tag League. There's absolutely no reason. If you're not having either of these guys doing anything meaningful in singles program, keep them together and have them as a serious force in the heavyweight tag division because God knows, Damon, it needs it. Yeah, it's just a... uh... A nice breath of fresh air and and having them in that mix would be such a pleasure. <laughs> right? I, I think they work really well as a tag team. And to have them challenge, maybe be, you know, first in line, second in line when it, if 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 we do see a tag title change. I mean, a, a Finley Juice Zach Tai Chi little program, I could get I could get into that. That that'd be fun. Fifth match, we had Finley, Juice, Ishii, Goto defeating Gorillas of Destiny, Yujiro and Kenta. Goto pinning Yujiro after a GTR. Then we had uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi defeating Chase Owens and Jay White. Tanahashi getting the pin over Chase in 11 minutes 55 with the high fly flow. So again, we got a little taste of Ibushi versus Jay White here, which of course is a replay from the G1 Climax final. And if lots of people's predictions are to be believed, this could be our third place playoff on night two of Wrestle Kingdom. And the main event here, special eight-man tag match, Eagles, Osprey, Yoshihashi, and Okada defeating Bushi, Hiromu, Evil, and Naito. Osprey pinning Bushi in seven minutes 43 following the Stormbreaker. And one thing that stood out to me as well is the way Naito signifies his attitude with his choice of clothes. So when he was against Ibushi, he's wearing his, his like, you know, his Rudo style with his T-shirt and his cap. But when he's facing off against the team with Okada in it, he's wearing his cape and his suit. So, as I mentioned, David, we're getting these little pairings for the double gold dash. Which of those combinations, because we saw all of them over these three nights, which one do you think had the most buzz? Oh my god! I was on mute for a while there. <laughs> I was on mute talking about how I thought Tanahashi and uh, Okada, or not Tanahashi, uh, Okada and uh, Naito uh, might be the, might be my choice there. But then I was talking about how I didn't want to tip my cards and talk about how uh, at the end of the final night you had a really better indicator of what people seem to be excited about. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Abushi and White might be the lowest one from from a, from a crowd perspective that I heard. To me, it felt like Naito and Okada had a little bit more uh, noise going on than than just about any other combination. Mm. And it's the freshest as well because we haven't seen that for two years. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job. Um, in, in in finding ways to make each of these guys seem super important going into this, no one really feel really feels to me anyway like a dud. Nobody feels like they're, they're out of place with this. So I think they've done a good job. But I think from a noise perspective, I think for me, 
Um, and from what I was hearing, it felt like it was Naito Okada that was getting the most reaction. Yeah, on that point, prior to Power Struggle and the World Tag League Finals, I, I would have said that Ibushi was a guy who looked like he was getting somewhat lost in the shuffle. But he's done a tremendous job in just looking pretty unhinged yeah. over the last few weeks that he knows that's part of the story now he knows he's being overlooked and he's like fuck you i'm not here to just make up the numbers if you disrespect me i'm gonna kill you so we're getting those little touches of murder ibu which uh, i've really enjoyed and it's definitely had a bit of extra spice to things and uh you know we talked before about the possibility of him turning heel i don't think that's on the table personally but there was a promo after this uh, after his match on the show where he said do i smell like i belong in bullet club and he said bullet club isn't even a real heel faction i could be a way bigger heel than them if i wanted to so what did you make of that do you think he's laying seeds for something or do you think this is just uh ibushi showing that he's a force to be reckoned with? i think it's more of a force to be reckoned with and i do like the way that uh what jay you know kind of dropped hints that you know another guy <laughs> uh uh we know we're talking about with, with kenny uh may have let him down and all that kind of stuff the the idea of, of, of bushi being a heel kind of seems very 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 strange to me um so no i don't feel like i th- i don't think we're seeing a heel turn here but i do like unhinged ibush th- you know chucking briefcases at people's heads uh snapping at a moment's notice and yeah i like the fact that it, it is i have i have this briefcase i've earned this by winning the g1 but also if you're taking me lightly because i'm not wearing any gold uh, you're making a, a, a fatal mistake because I'm going to knock you upside the fucking head with this briefcase. Yeah, I think it's more compelling and dramatic when you get those little glimpses from Ibushi very seldom. Yeah. If he's doing it all the time, then it will lose its effect. But then the fact that most of the time he looks like a sort of you know friendly, smiling, baby-faced, high-fiving the fans and all of that, pretty boy. But then sometimes you get him where he's been an absolute dick to the young Lions, like the match he was wrestling with Renarita that we mentioned a few weeks ago, or where he's twang people in the head with briefcases. So I think uh, the more sparingly they use it, the more effective it is. Uh, so moving on to the Saturday show, we had uh, Yotosuji, Taguchi, Homa defeating Uemura, Tiger Mask, Makabe. Taguchi getting a pin over Uemura at 10 minutes 14 with a dodon. Robbie Eagles, Shoyo defeating Ghetto, Phantasma and Ishimori via disqualification. Third match, now here's an interesting one. This was supposed to be a tag match, but because of Sonada's uh, alleged injury, we had Bushi taking on ZSJ in a singles match, which Bushi won 5 minutes 11 seconds with the Bushi roll. What did you make of this? <laughs> I, just, uh, I was stunned. And um, needless to say, it did fuel fire to the idea that Sonata might be hurt and might not be able to perform. Um, we, we, you, Joel, I, I did see, um, asked specifically, and we have not heard anything when it comes to Sonata. But the idea that Bushi gets a quick pin on Zach seemed completely out of left field. Uh, I, I mean... You, we, we're not, we're not, we're not fucking doing Bushi Zach, are we? Are we, Joel? No, I, I didn't take it like that. I saw it more like the story being Sonata 
has got into Zach's head so much that it's telling the story that if Zach takes his eye off the ball and gets complacent, then he can easily get pinned, as he did by Bushi. Because Bushi's got previous for pinning heavyweights. Um, he pinned Farley, I, like, Farley. I yeah. think it was last year, if I remember correctly. So it's not completely unheard of. But um, And the fact that Zach was ranting and raving about Sonata, where are you? You're not really hurt. You're just taking the day off in all the, the backstage and the promos and stuff. Made me think, I, I don't believe that it's, oh, Sonata's hurt and we need to slide Bushi into this singles match. I mean, it could be, but I'll be surprised if it is the case because I think if they were looking at the real possibility of Sonata being hurt, then surely you slide evil in that position. That would seem like a no-brainer to right. me, or even Shingo, because they don't have anything. You know, you, you switch things up. Bushi wouldn't be the guy I picked for that. So I think it was just trying to tell the story that uh, Zach is sort of starting to lose his mind a bit. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm, we're on the same page there then. Because, uh, and even even like you said, with the with the post-match stuff, if if it were Bushi, the focus of those interviews and, the, and those comments and his uh, breakdown would be fuck you, Bushi. I'm pinning you. Fuck you know. It would be more. Let's focus our attention on Bushi as opposed to Ah Sonata, you motherfucker. You're not really hurt. Blah blah blah. You know it. What you know Sonata was still the focus, right? Um, so again, fingers crossed that. And again, we had not heard anything saying that he was in, out, hurt, unable to perform, anything like that. So. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll, if we do hear anything, obviously we'll let you guys know, but it's, uh, I think it's still on with the Sonata and Zach. Yeah. And for what it's worth, Bushi in his, his post-match promo was very brief. He didn't say anything like that. Oh, I've pinned you. Now I'm entitled to a shot right. at the British title or anything like that. He didn't mention anything about taking Sonata's place. It was very much, oh, I pinned you. Mag- in Serio Magi Day, bye. bye. <laughs> it was very, very brief. So, I, I mean, obviously it's still early days. So, uh, you know, that's not a reason to completely dismiss that as a possibility, but just thought it was worth mentioning. Um, Michael CC says, how much do you think Zach's hilarious angry outburst when losing have played into his frankly terrible win-loss record this year? So do you think uh, Zach's sort of comedic uh, ability is leading to him losing more matches than he otherwise would? Possibly. I mean, I just think it's a nice reaction for him post-match. You know, it's just that that's that's this thing. You know, when when he loses, he loses his mind. Um, so no, I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily if it's like a mental breakdown angle where you know his more losses lead to more of him, you know, snapping more and more and losing his cool and composure. So um, I, I just think it would be. Truth be told, it's kind of hard to to replicate, you know, his 2008 where he was tapping out every fucking top star, you know, at a eighteen, you know, you know, there, there it's it's at 2018, yeah, um, it's you, you, it's hard to replicate that. It's uh, you know, if because at a certain point, you 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 better be winning some intercontinental or some heavyweight titles. Uh, and if that's if, if he's not your guy to do that, then you know, then he's you know, he can't win the big one. Is that what we're talking about? So, uh, yeah, I think there had to be some decline in his win loss record this year. 
Fifth match, we had a really, really good tag match with Ishii and Osprey defeating Evil and Hiromu. 30 minutes 24, Ishii pinning Evil after a vertical drop brainbuster. So we're all hoping, Damon, when we're looking at these cards, that one of these tag matches would be the one that jumps out and kind of makes a late push to be included in the match of the year talk. I don't think this one was quite at that level. I don't think it was on the level of the Golden Lovers versus Osprey Tanahashi match of last year, but this was still a damn good match. Yeah, it was it? one of my favorites, you know, pure in ring. For the entire weekend, um, or the, you know, the entire three shows, uh, awesome. I mean, the guys in the fucking ring. <laughs> how can it not be? Uh, but and they gave him a lot of time too. You know, at that with that one, uh, when you when you just read off that, it didn't feel like it was. Would you say thirty minutes? It didn't feel thirty minutes, man. That's for sure. Um, uh, the guys in the no, sorry, it was thirteen. Thirteen? <laughs> I was about to say thirty minutes. <laughs> I was like, what? That was a quick thirty minutes, thirteen minutes. Okay, then that, that makes more, much more sense. Thank fucking god. Uh, I'd be like, where did I miss? What did I? That, I was, this might be the greatest pro wrestling match of all time. Thirty minutes. Uh good. Thirteen minutes. Well, look, great talent in the ring. Maybe my favorite match of the entire weekend. So, I mean, I don't know how how much more I can put over this match over just about all the other ones. Um, I thought it was a great weekend period and to have this one be near the top of, of my list says something Sixth match we had Shingo and Naito defeating Chase Owens and Jay White with Shingo pinning Jay White in 60 minutes 12 after Last of the Dragon and it was a nice little sort of under story here uh, a B-level story about Shingo and Chase Owens having the most pinfalls in New Japan this year and that being like a almost little sort of playoff between first and second there which I enjoyed and then the main event Jushin and Thunder Liger final match in Karakuen Hall 3 Rocky, Yoshihashi, Okada defeating the team of Liger, Tanahashi and Ibushi Okada pinning Jushin and Thunder Liger in 14 minutes 52 with the Rainmaker so we did not get our fairy tale moment that we so hoped for Damon we had Liger eating the pin as I think maybe deep down we, we kind of knew that was going to happen and it's just classic Liger, isn't it? That he doesn't want to take center stage and that the double gold dash story of these four guys fighting over the two top belts takes center stage over what is, a, a, I would say, a pretty emotional moment of Liger having his last match at Krakowin and he even came out with his black CTU gear to commemorate the event. So first of all, what do you think of the result? Um, not shocking, right? New Japan, again, we, we talked about this a little bit before that they don't let that feel good get in the way of what is the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to close that show with your top star going into quite possibly the most important main events for this company in the modern era um, ever. I mean, we got two dome shows, so, you know... Uh, and Liger is a big piece of that, mind you. But in the entire pecking order of New Japan Pro Wrestling, one, he is still a junior, right? Two, he is retiring. So again, of everybody in that ring, he probably is the least capable, we'll say. We'll put in air quotes. Um, there's no reason for him to get a miraculous pin. Um, now, look, could he have pinned... Rocky Romero, could he have pinned Yoshihashi? Could he have pinned anybody else if you wanted to stick in that tag match? Yeah, of course. 
I think he could have. But at the end of the day, he's a junior, retiring, older, and it kind of is fitting that Okada rainmakers him and takes him out of the equation so that there is no chance of get on the mic, Liger, do a post-match. Because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon how you want to look at it, we got a whole angle we got to do. And how do we get Jushin out of the ring, get him to the back, so that we can do the run-ins and we can have the, the end be what it was? Look, I, I've been following this guy for 30 fucking years, more than that. He is my favorite pro wrestler of all time. Uh, there's, you know, would I, would I have loved to have seen that moment? Of course. Absolutely. But New Japan Pro Wrestling isn't going to let their emotions get in the way of what is right for the company. And here's the thing, too. I truly believe, and, and if history is any indicator of how Jushin Liger is, it's he's not going to let himself be that focal point when he knows that there are bigger fish to fry. So if you don't have respect for Jushin Liger uh, for that, then I don't know what to say. Again, would I love to have that moment, that pro wrestling moment? Yep, you fucking bet. I'm going to get that moment at the Tokyo Dome. He may, he might lose every fucking match, be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I truly expect him to take the fall in, in, in the, that tag match. Um at the dome, I uh, you know the the second one with uh, Dragon Lee and uh, and uh, Hiromu. I keep calling him Dragon Lee, and I'm, I, it's going to be hard for me to stop. Um, I expect him to take the pinfall. I really do, because uh, that's just the the cloth that he's cut from. It was a good moment. It was a, it, it 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 meant a lot to me as a fan. Um, having watching these last three shows. I, I did appreciate the black CTU version, Liger. It's one of my favorites. Um, I can't believe it's over. I truly can't believe it's over. I can't believe there's two more. Uh, it's going to be weird not having him part of my pro wrestling life. Um, it, it will be weird. But here we are. These, these are the days. So uh, strap in, kids. It's going to be fun. Probably a little bit emotional. We'll probably have a little bit of emotion at the Tokyo Dome. But um, I think they did. I'm okay with the decisions New Japan made to be laser focused on this main event for two nights at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, on that topic, Suit Williams writes and says, how hard would you have popped if Liger made the save for Okada and took out Jay White at the end of day three? Again, I don't think that would have felt right to me because... Jay White is one of your top guys. He's a guy that you want to feel is a huge threat going into this double gold dash. So I think it was fitting that uh, the focus was on these four superstars who were gunning for the two titles, even if maybe sentimentally we might have wanted a bit more from Liger. But uh, yeah, definitely think they made the right call. Uh, here's an interesting thing for you, Damon. Uh, they ran a poll. So uh, New Japan had a Liger best match poll. And... Here are the results. In third place was Liger versus Great Muta in October 20th, 1996. Second place versus Shinya Hashimoto from February 24th, 1994. And in first place, what people voted as the best Liger match, Yushin Thunder Liger versus Minoru Suzuki, October 14th, 2019 at King of wow. Pro Wrestling. <laughs> wow. 
No, nothing with Benoit. Nothing with uh, Sasuke. Nothing with Hayabusa. Not really. Okay. El Samurai. No. Sano. No. All of them are heavyweights. Short, short of that one down to recency bias? I mean, to a certain degree, but all of them are heavyweights too. Right? I mean, the match mm-hmm. where, where Liger challenges for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Shinya Hashimoto. The I'm assume, assuming it's the... Uh, the brawl with Muda, the Kishin Liger. Um, and then, yeah, the Suzuki one. I will say this. In 2019, Suzuki Liger might be my favorite feud. It really might be my favorite feud of, of the entire year of any pro wrestling. I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and again, it might be Liger bias, uh, but I, I really, I really enjoyed Every minute of that of that feud, I, I did, I, and I thought it was one of the best of 2019. And that's saying something for two guys in their 50s doing that. A question from Luis. He says, on the last show of the year for New Japan, do you guys feel some of the wrestlers really wanted to put on a great show? I got really into the show, Yo and Eagles versus El Fantasmo, Ishimori, and Gato match. So did anyone or anything else stand out to you, Damon, from these three nights? Um, I mean, I think everybody wanted to. I, I thought the presentation overall of of these three shows were really great. Um, I like how they were they they all intertwined with each other almost seamlessly. I like um the specialness again of Liger's last matches not overshadowing everything. Um, again, two of these matches, you know, first matches, second matches, third, you know, they're not high on the show. Um. I, I think they did a I, I think they've done a really good job with White and Okada and Naito and Jay White. I think I, I like the fact that Hiromo doesn't just come in and, and, and is Superman and, and and there is shadow of doubt and, and logical booking. Um I really enjoyed these three shows. They're they were easy to watch. You know, nothing was super long, but most of them clocked in at about two hours, maybe a little bit over. Um, I thought it was really good. I, I to me, uh, these three shows were some of the most enjoyable pro wrestling that I've watched all year. Um, I, I really did. I really did enjoy, and I thought everybody had their working shoes on. Again, we're not talking, you know, G one, mind you, but. Uh, for a block of shows at Corkin, these these might be some of my favorite of the year. So let's move on to the main event of today's show, which is our Super J Cast Year End Awards 2019. How do we want to do this, Damon? Do you would you like me to just give you the link so you can see the results as well, and we go through them together? Would you like me to reveal the uh, winners to you? Topic, uh, uh, category by category. How, how do you want to do yeah, this? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do category by category. Uh, work your way up from three, two, and one, right? So third place winner, second place winner, first place winner. Be dramatic when you read them off, too. <laughs> and uh, we'll comment on each uh, category. How about we do that? Okay, so shall I give the uh, listeners result first, and then we give our own picks afterwards? Yes, and in terms of the categories, do we want to work from the least important to the most important and leave rest of the year to the end or just go rest of the year downwards? You, uh, I say, let's do, let's kick it right off. 
Let's kick it right off. Let's do Wrestler of the Year for 2019 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's do that. Okay. Now, would you like me to show you the results of this or just tell them to you? I would rather you tell them to me only because... Oh, you know what? Show show me because I'm sure there's plenty of talking points. Okay. In that case, I'll have to uh, screenshot them and send them to you one by one, but that is uh, if, definitely doable. So if, that's a, if you uh, bear with me here yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. on the old WhatsApp, I will send you the results for our Wrestler of the Year category should be making its way to you on the interweb. So there we're going to give there it is. your it. picks first, listener. So what was really interesting here is that fourth place and third place were razor thin here. So narrowly missing out, we had Okada just falling into fourth place with 625 points. And then in third place, we had Jay White with 628 points. Second place, Shingo Takagi with 923 points. And in first place, Runaway winner, wasn't even close. Will Ospreay with 2,178 points. So you can see he got more than double what Shingo got in second place. There it is. That's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty great job by Will Ospreay. Um, if you think about the names that have won this previously. And in, a, in, in somewhat of a landslide, right? Um, I'm, I went, and, and I know... It's these middle ground. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you them all in order. Um, as was voted, again, as was voted by our listeners, 66 votes went to Hiroshi Tanahashi. 186 points went to Tetsuya Naito. 241 went to Ishii. 608 went to Kota Abushi. 625 to Okada. Jay White. Third place, 628, Shingo, 923, Will, 2,178. Look at the people down the bottom of that pile, Joel. Does that surprise you in any way? I was surprised Naito came in that low, yeah. which is kind of tipping my hand to some of my own picks. But um, no, not really. This is pretty much what I expected. I mean, I, I'm not going to take a victory lap here, but I did say back in uh, the, in the summer when we had the, the show we did after the best of the Super Juniors final that I thought Will Ospreay was head and shoulders above the rest. And at least our listeners or the people who voted in this poll have borne me out on that because he, this is just, just absolutely run away with it. And you might not like him. You might have preferred someone else this year. But if you are one of those people you're in the minority because most of the people, uh, the people who voted for this at least are well on board the Will Ospreay bandwagon. Yep, absolutely. I think that speaks volumes, right? I mean, he, I, there, there are people out there that just, just hand wave Will Ospreay. Um, I think the majority of the people. Uh, I get it. If you, if you're not a fan of his wrestling, you don't like his style, then fine. I mean, who are we to tell you what wrestling you do and don't like, but like I said, you be the minority for that. Yep, that that mean the proofs in the pudding and the, and the proofs in the, in the numbers there. Again, the one thing that sticks out to me was Naito being so low, um, which kind of kind of surprised me. Uh, but Jay White getting some love as well. I like that in third place. Shingo in second. Does that surprise you at all? Over uh, over and above names like Kota and Ishii and Naito and Tanahashi and Okada. Does that surprise you? Yeah. See. I didn't have Shingo in my top three because I think he peaked really, really high. Some absolutely incredible matches. 
But in terms of consistency throughout the year, he had a very busy kind of spring and summer with the best of the Super Juniors and the G1 Climax, but not too much before and after that, which is not his fault. I mean, this is just the way that he was booked. So he made the most of the opportunities he was given. But uh, I mean, I, I could just give my own picks here maybe so uh, third place I gave uh, again it was really close between Shingo and Naito but I went for Naito in the end third place just because I I thought he was consistently more enjoyable throughout the year than Shingo was so I'm looking at the Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom which was great uh, Taichi match at New Beginning uh, Ibushi match at the New Japan Cup the rematch then at Madison Square Garden and then the the third match in the trilogy at Dominion all fantastic I thought Naito had a really really good G1 the Tai Chi match Goto match was great Ishii Moxley Juice matches were good the Shingo match was outstanding that was in my top 10 for the year even the Jeff Cobb match was good and the Jay White semi-final I thought was brilliant and I you know I spoke before how much I loved their match at Destruction and I enjoyed the Tai Chi match that uh, Power Struggle so I thought Naito from Top to bottom, had a really outstanding year. Uh, so he, I had in third place. Second place, I had Jay White. So again, started the year really strong with that Okada match, winning the title from New, uh, Tanahashi at New Beginning. Osprey match at the anniversary show, I thought was excellent. And again, that's a, a top 10 match for me for the year. I think that one's really underrated. The Okada match at Madison Square Garden, Goto, Goto match, at, I think it might have been Hinokuni after that, I thought was good. The best of the Super Juniors rematch with Tanahashi I thought was excellent. And again, I thought his G1 was very good. A lot better than it was last year. I thought he had really great matches with Goto, Ishii, Shingo, Juice, Naito. G1 final against Ibushi was terrific. Destruction match, I said before, against Naito I loved. And his power struggle match at Goto was decent as well. So again, Jay White second place for me. And yeah, I mean, what, what more can you say about Will Ospreay? I'm just looking at the matches he's had. So Wrestle Kingdom, Ibushi, anniversary match with Jay White, New Japan Cup, Lance Archer and Okada. The Madison Square Garden match against Jeff Cobb was really great. His best of the Super Juniors, really stand-up matches with Rocky, El Fantasmo, Bandido, that was a terrific match. Robbie Eagles, even the Taguchi match was good. Match of the year candidate with Shingo in the finals. Dragon Lee match at Dominion was brilliant. Southern Showdown match with Robbie Eagles got rave reviews and very, very good G1 matches against Archer, Sonata, Ibushi. The Okada match at Kraken was terrific. ZSJ, Evil, Kenta Tanahashi, the Tanahashi match at the finals, a lot of people absolutely loved. And then the Super J Cup as well. He had the amazing red match, show El Fantasmo, and then the Super Junior Tag League. He had a really good run with the Birds of Prey. And the Power Struggle match against Bushi, which was better than it had any right to be. So... Yeah, clear rest of the year for my money. So that'd be my top three. I'm going uh, Naito, Jay White, and Austin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from a pure match perspective, I think you nailed nailed it. You know, right on the head. Osprey just having one of those blow away years where you know every time he's in the ring, you you are going to get something at the very least good, and and a lot of times it was great. Uh, my top three. W- I mean, it, it, sorry to interrupt, Dame, but it's right up there, isn't it? I mean, I haven't been watching as long as you, but. I know a lot of people have said that they think this calendar year, this output from Osprey is an all-timer. Would you agree it's, with that? It's up there. It's got to be up there, right? Just the consistency of of the high performance, right? Uh, you know, it's one thing to, to to have you know a great match, you know, in in January and a great match in 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 February, and you know maybe having a great match in April, and then maybe one. You know, this guy, you know, he's having multiple great matches a month, right? so it's. You know, just again the amount of great matches, and again, it, it, when you look at our, our match of the year poll, um, I think you know that speaks volumes to that. Where you know it seems like every third one, you're looking at Will Ospreay's name in there. So Will got my number one pick. 
uh, as wrestler of the year for 2019. My second pick actually fell right in line with you, Joel. I went with Jay White. I don't think that there was any way that you could hand wave the year that he's had. The guy won the fucking IWGP heavyweight title. Whether you like it or don't like it, that is significant. And whether it was for a cup of coffee, whether it was just to get it back onto who he still had it. Uh, and you cannot hand wave that. And then being in the mix with um, the, the Intercontinental, being in the mix at the end of the year, he's one of four guys in the mix. You can't hand wave it. I thought his matches were, were good. Um, I don't know if I would go so far as to say any one of them were great, minus that G1 final, right? Um, th- that, that one hands above most of them. But I just think you can't deny the guy of what he's been able to accomplish in such a short time. Um, pretty pretty amazing, actually. And then third, I went with Okada, who I feel like might, might have flown under, the, under, you know, under a lot of people's radar this year with how many great matches he's actually had. Um, it's amazing the bottom four, the talent on the bottom four is still the thing that's blowing me away. Uh, with Ibushi and Ishii, and Naito and Tanahashi. I mean, when those are the four guys down the bottom of the of the of the voting, what a fucking year these guys must have had. So, uh, yep, I went Osprey, I went White, I went Okada as my picks for Wrestler of the Year for 2009. But congratulations to Will Osprey. All right, let's move on to category number two, which was match of the year and this was an absolute beast we had so many matches in there it was just pretty painstaking trying to add up the t- tallies for those but i will send that over to you damon so you can have a look right. so uh i will give what should i give top top three top five uh, what are thinking? top three i mean we'll be here all day if we do top five right yeah <laughs> i've got a flight to catch tomorrow. Right. um okay so we have in third place with 430 points ibushi versus white in the g1 finals Second place, Tanahashi versus Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 13. And in first place, again, just absolutely running away with it with 1,849 points was Takagi versus Osprey in the Best of the Super Juniors final, which had nearly four times as many points as the Tanahashi-Omega match in second. Yeah. I mean, what a match that was, right? I mean, I don't think anybody's complaining that that's going to be a top of, of, of the list. And again, the votes kind of speak to that. It's, I think a lot of matches were represented. Right. I mean, we've had matches that, that spanned the entire landscape of New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2019. I mean, R- Rocky Romero and Fantasmo from Night Nine from Best of the Super Junior got votes. Uh, you know, and that and, and that's not to say that it shouldn't. It, 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 was, it was a fucking fine match to me. Suzuki Liger, King of Pro Wrestling, got votes. Um, White and Osprey got votes from uh, the anniversary show. Uh, Liger and Ishimori from the anniversary show got votes. So we ran the entire spectrum. People got to their say when it came to these matches. It's pretty amazing that, that by and large, the majority of people had to have Shingo and Osprey best of the Super Junior Finals as a part. At least, maybe that wasn't number one, but it was in their mix. It was in the top three. So I think this this list really represents the year that New Japan Pro Wrestling had in a positive way. Um, again, Osprey, Shingo, best of the Super Juniors finals, blow away winner. Tanahashi Omega in second. That kind of does surprise me a little bit. Um, 
It was about 60, about 60 votes that separated Tanahashi Omega Wrestle Kingdom 13 from Abushi White G1 Finals. Um, right after that, if, if people are curious, so in fourth place was Shingo and Ishii from G1 Night 16. And then right after that was Okada Osprey G1 Night 7. Um, I thought that would be higher, to be honest. I thought that Naito, excuse me, uh, that, that uh, Okada Osprey match would have been higher. Uh, for me, my picks, just to uh, let the cat out of the bag, my, I went with Shingo and Osprey Finals as my, my, my match of the year. My second was Okada Osprey. Um, and my third was uh, Shingo and Ishii from G1. So this was a G1, uh, well, not G1, Best of the Super Junior Finals, and then G1 Sweep. So Best of the Super Junior Finals winning it, uh, then two G1 matches right after that. Yeah, you know me, David, I'm a sucker for a big stage. So my match of the year was Tanahashi versus Omega because I just loved the story. It was just like watching a movie where you had the whole thing building up with the you know Elite and Kenny just fucking about and being annoying and then Tanahashi being the guy to finally vanquish the Elite menace. It just It all fell into place for me and it was a terrific match and uh, just the storytelling in that with Tanahashi sort of going to the dark side and flinging himself to, to try and put Omega through a table and then missing and sending himself through the table and really satisfying finish. It was just very cinematic to me. Uh, second, I had Takagi versus Osprey for all the reasons you've mentioned. And third, I went Ibushi versus White. Just It was just a classic good versus evil, you know, good guy versus bad guy main event. Even the, the interference worked for me. I thought it was an appropriate time to do it and just just that the, the visual of Jay White just strutting down to the ring at the beginning with a newly turned Kenta and all his Bullet Club goons was it's just going to live long in the memory. So I just really really enjoyed that match. So yeah, chalk picks there for uh, the top three matches of the year. But um, yeah, what can I say? I just enjoy those big stage big show moments. Uh, let's move on to the next category then, which was show of the year. So I shall send that over to you. Um, it's a bit of a strange one this because uh well i'll just read out what the, the top three are so third place we have the g1 finals second place best of the super juniors finals and first place wrestle kingdom 13 so um yeah wrestle kingdom 13 uh, pretty clear winner um g1 finals got 598 points best of the super juniors finals got 1100 wrestle kingdom 13 got 1520 so a good 400 points ahead and it was a show that felt kind of rushed at the uh, for the undercard because you know a lot of three-way tags and you know Juice versus Cody and opened up very strongly with Ibushi versus Osprey but then kind of lost its way a little bit in the the sort of second quarter but then for the back end of it I think really picked up and, and delivered a very strong finish especially with those uh, top three matches where Okada versus Wyatt was terrific Naito Jericho and Tanahashi Omega at the end. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, look, it's their biggest show of the year, so it's going to get plenty of votes. Um, and I think that there, maybe even for our audience, that's a show that gets a lot of eyeballs that maybe don't get a lot of eyeballs, um, like a, like a Royal Quest or uh, you know to a certain degree, maybe a power struggle. For people that hop in and out of New Japan Pro Wrestling and felt compelled enough to, to vote in our awards, Wrestle Kingdom is going to get 
a lot of those votes, right? People people know. People go out of their way to watch and stay up. Um, and and I don't know if necessarily, you know, best of the Super Juniors night nine is going to get that same kind of eyeball, right? So people are going to remember Wrestle Kingdom. They're going to follow it, and and it might just get those type of votes as well. Um, that being said, you know, it still was a significant winner, right, over the best of the Super Juniors finals and the G1 finals. Um, I had uh, best of the Super Junior finals as my top. Um, I had the G1 finals as my second. And I went with um, Royal Quest third. I really enjoyed Royal Quest, Royal Quest a lot, um, top to bottom. I don't know what it was about it, but I felt like it was a, such an easy watch for me. Um, I really did enjoy that a lot, and I was struggling because I was I was I, I wanted to put some love for the G One Supercard because I thought that that was significant and important for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I thought the visual of it with a sold out Madison Square Garden, in the most famous arena. Um, was spectacular, right? And it was, and 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 I do will say that there was, you know, attendance bias being there in the whole weekend and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I was at Wrestle Kingdom and I thought it was fantastic and I thought it was great and I thought it was spectacular. Um, and it did have your match of the year on it too, Joel. So, um, but yeah, I, for being personally, I thought Best of the Super Juniors Finals got my my top pick. For me, my third place one is a bit of a strange one. I went for the G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden. And I know the ROH stuff was terrible, but if you isolate the New Japan side of that, it was an outstanding show. And just for the experience as well, the fact that I was there live and just had an amazing week with you and meeting all those other people in New York, I think it's the whole package that, for me, puts it in third place not just the quality of the matches sort of belt well from start to finish. Uh, second, I had best of the Super Juniors final, which also had that terrific Moxley versus Juice match. And main event, uh, uh, sorry, number one. Sorry, Maddie's coming and she's pointing. She's gesticulating angrily at me. <laughs> uh, and first place, I had Wrestle Kingdom 13, which yeah, I, I've said before, a bit unbalanced, but I thought delivered big where it needed to. So let's move on to the next category then, which is Tag Team of the Year. Slim pickings for this one. It's been quite a week here. I think most people would admit for tag team wrestling. And it was interesting that we didn't include teams like Dangerous Techers and Birds of Prey in there who were only active towards the end of the year. And no one complained about that. No one said, oh, where's Birds of Prey? Where's Dangerous Techers? And I think people were aware of the fact that to win this award, you have to be active for you know most of the year to, to be in with the shout. So... Third place, we had Gorillas of Destiny with 1,166. Second place, Bullet Club with Ishimori and Phantasmo, 1,245. And clear winners, Roppongi 3K, 1,988. So uh, no real surprises there, I think, sort of from the start of the year to the end. Roppongi 3K were the most consistent. I don't think they peaked particularly highly. I don't think that there was any really incredible match of the year caliber Rapongi 3k matches but they were just good for the whole year and they were active which i think has made the difference here. yeah i mean the, the, not not a huge bar right um but yeah of, of what we listed i think uh the, the the our listeners went right in line with what i was thinking as well so i i also went Rapongi uh 
Ishimori and Phantasmo and Gorillas of Destiny, um, who I thought had a, a good year in ring, and I think that's important. I think I think a lot of the love that that God get uh, might be outside the ring, extracurricular activity, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think Rapongi probably had a stronger, let's put it this way, a stronger tag, junior tag league than Gorillas at Destiny had a strong world tag league, right? And I, not to say that that was a difference maker in my voting, uh, but that just kind of speaks to kind of where my mind was when it came to putting Rapongi 3K first, Bullet Club uh, Ishimori and Phantasmo, and then uh, Gorillas and Destiny third. Well, I had the same first and second. In third place, I went with Evil Sonata because I just I enjoyed their matches more than I enjoyed Gorillas and Destiny matches this year. Uh, but there were, really wasn't much in it. It was a bit of a coin flip between those two. Next category then was Junior Heavyweight Wrestler of the Year, which probably won't surprise you to see the results of this. So in third place, we had Dragon Lee with 392 points. Second place, Shingo Takagi, 1,628. And again, runaway winner, Will Ospreay, 2,674. So it, it was really interesting that sort of around best of the Super Juniors time, it was like Osprey and Shingo having their own little personal contest for who was going to have, you know, wrestler of the year, junior heavyweight of the year, match of the year. And they were sort of running each other neck and neck. But uh, I'm kind of surprised here that Osprey was so far ahead because I thought in terms of, well, actually maybe not because I mean, Shingo did move up to heavyweight after the G1. So this is probably about fair to be honest, but uh, I was the same for first and second. The only thing I had different, I had Ishimori, in third place because I thought the tag stuff with El Fantasmo has been very, very good. And I thought he was also carrying the division at the start of the year. You know, the Kushida match at Wrestle Kingdom, he had a terrific match with Dragon Lee. At, I think that was at Don Taku, I want to say. Um, and there was the match with Liger, which I thought was outstanding. And then the three-way match at Madison Square Garden with Dragon Lee and Bandito, I thought was great as well. So I think the sort of early part of the year that, Ishimori had has been forgotten by a lot of people, so that's why I put him in third place. That's not a bad pick. Um, this the, the light or light heavyweight, Jesus, the junior heavyweight uh, went right in line with uh, my voting. So yeah, I went Will, I went Shingo, I went Dragon Lee. I was on the fence, honestly. I was actually going to go with a little bit of an uh, El Fantasmo. I think you can't deny, just like we talked about with Jay White, it's kind of hard to hand wave the year that he's had. Um, and the, and the profile matches that he's been in and winning the Super J Cup, um, but it seems like the second half of the year, I, I, it, it's you know he's been more in the mix with Ishimori. Um, I like I like the fact that Rocky Romero got some votes too. I think it's pretty significant that show middle of the middle of the pack um, at two hundred and five votes for uh, Junior of the Year. So people. Uh, He's impressed some people, that's for sure. But yeah, it went in line with. I mean, how do you how do you give somebody wrestler of the year and not give them junior heavyweight of the year if they're the same you know same division? So, uh, Will Shingo Lee, that th those were my votes in that exact order. Next category was unsung wrestler of the year, which was pretty close actually. I mean, compared to some of the other categories that we had. So results for this uh, top three, we had Juice Robinson in third with 797, Taichi second, 835, and Zack Sabre Jr. with 997 points. And 
I'm I, I do wonder if the dangerous techers run has kind of lifted Zach and Taichi collectively towards the, the top of the pack there, but. They are two guys who have been having, I think, consistently good singles matches that haven't been necessarily at the top of the cards, but they have been kind of propping up the this, this secondary shows and the, uh, not the undercards, but, you know, where you have the sort of like the, the second match on the top, the co-main event or the third match from the top to kind of bolster a card and um, make it stand out. So, um Pretty much in line with my own picks there. What about yourself? Yeah, this one is is really off the charts for me. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, none of the top three were people that I voted for for Unsung. I think of Unsung as a guy who is there to do the heavy lifting and to do the uh, – and, and do it well and to, to be the glue in matches and to – to hold things together, and and while they might might lose and they might not win many titles, they're there as a, a as again a a true professional, a true pro, uh, someone who who again is there to to keep things from falling apart and unraveling. So my top three for unsung uh, were Chase Owens. I went Chase Owens number one. I went Rocky Romero number two because I think even in ring and out of side the ring, there's a lot of things he doesn't get a lot of credit for. Keep that in mind. And third, I went with Yo, because I think that on Rapongi 3K, if they are the tag team of the year, I think a lot of people gravitate more towards Sho, and I think Yo is just as good, just as talented. He might not have that it that maybe Sho has, but I think Yo is absolutely... Uh, uh, one of those guys who keeps the fucking shit from falling apart quickly, uh, and 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 for being a relative younger guy, I think he his matches specifically. Sometimes I feel like he's the glue in a, in a lot of this. So again, I went Chase, who I think does an absolutely outstanding job with Bullet Club. Um, usually a pin eater, even though you know he 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 got more wins this year than 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 in any. Um, then I went up Rocky again for the unsung stuff that he does and, and yo. I've just found my picks. Actually, I was completely wrong. Ah! <laughs> my picks were different as well. Okay. So my first place, where actually I gave to evil because I think he's a guy who, when he's got the tap on the shoulder, he's really delivered, uh, particularly in the big G one matches as well. I think he has been there every step of the way when he's had those big matches with the likes of Ibushi and uh, Okada I think he's been great and also I think he does a lot of the heavy lifting work in the tag matches where uh, LIJ have been a big part of that second I gave Rocky Romero for the same reasons that you mentioned and for having a, a sneakily good best of the super juniors and third place I went with Juice Robinson because he's a guy who doesn't always get the I, I think the booking uh let's say rub that I think he deserves but whenever he's given those spots I think he's delivered like particularly at the start of the year where he has had I thought good matches with guys like Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley uh, which a lot of people forget about because they were early on in the year but they were really really good matches that probably didn't have any right to be and also I thought he did such a, a tremendous job making John Moxley look like a killer when he came in and I thought he had a pretty underrated G one as well. So Juice was my pick in third place. So why do you think uh, there you go? Those are my. Why picks. do you think Zach got so many votes for Unsung? Uh, 
Well, again, my theory, as I said before, maybe it has something to do with the, the tag stuff. And he's had a good G. He had a good match with Ishii at Wrestle Kingdom. He had a really good match with Ibushi at Sengoku Lord. Um, he was a big part. He's had some terrific matches with Tanahashi. So maybe people just like Zach. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, he's had a decent yeah, year as well. Yeah. I mean, I think he's had a good year. Um, but again, I think, I mean, he's in the mix. He's in that middle-of-the-road mix well above. Maybe because he kept losing. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd be curious. But, I mean, a lot of people voted for him, so that's why I was asking. Okay, no problem. Let's move on. All right, most improved rest of the year. Third place, Jay White, 949. Taichi, second place, 1,001. And Lance Archer, runaway winner, 2,129 points. Excellent job from Lance, right? We have been on the Lance bandwagon for... A long time. And I know on this show we would always say, you know, let's give Lance a shot. Be the big man that you know we so desperately need in New Japan. And he's taking the ball and he's running with it. Uh, and again, this is a guy that is coming off of a back, major back surgery, was on the shelf for quite a while. And to see how he has resurrected his career. Um, and again, given the opportunity to resurrect his career – you can get the opportunity and fall flat on your face. And that's not the case here. So our listeners agree uh, with that. And Lance Archer getting the top votes for most improved wrestler of the year. Again, I just think being able to to, to make the most of, of the, uh, the situation given to him, absolutely great. And again, a guy at his age, the career that he's, he's already had, and to come back from a major injury, that's pretty great. That's pretty great news. Um, tai Chi. Look, you you know the story with me. He's been the guy that, you know, I was never really a big fan. I was never really one of those guys that would look forward to a Tai Chi match. I mean, we had a whole fucking bit about him with the, the you know, the cartwheel death matches, and it was tongue-in-cheek, and I knew I wasn't losing because I wasn't going to do a fucking cartwheel. And then things started to change, and then things started to move. And arguably, Tai Chi's had a 2019, uh, no argument about it, impressed me. And he's one of those guys that he's, he is not a fast forward. He is not a skip. Um, and if you're, again, I said that before, if you're still one of those people that, you know, thinking about Tai Chi from three, four years ago, you're missing the boat. Because I think only good things are going to come from Tai Chi. And Jay White. What a year he's had, right? Um, to be a guy who you know has been was plopped into a, to a situation that many people thought he couldn't handle, to being a guy who holds the largest title in the company, and now going into two domes being a focal point. So um, I think it's well deserved. Robbie Eagles getting some love. Uh, here's here, th- these were my picks for most improved. Um, I went with uh, I did go Lance Archer. I did go Tai Chi, and I did go Carl Fredericks. Um, again, for a guy who not many people knew about, not many people had their finger on Carl Fredericks. You know, he's a guy who wins the Young Lions Cup, and people are excited for, and people have actually talked about him being a future champion in this company. That's If that ain't improved, I don't know what is. And again, there's still much more to go with Carl Fredericks. So 
Um, those were my picks uh, in order, and I, I, I think this list is pretty solid from our listeners as well. Yeah, I fell pretty close in line with the listeners. Third place, I went Jay White, who I think has just put everything together this year and now looks every part the main event superstar that he is. Just the way that he carries himself, his promos, and in-ring, he can now put on legitimate Match of the Year candidates, which I think was somewhat lacking from his repertoire last year. Lance Archer had seconds, all the reasons that you said, and first place Tai Chi, because I think sort of towards the... the second half the latter half of the year he's cut out a lot of the bullshit that mainstream that casual fans disliked I liked it and I've always enjoyed the sort of tighty stick which is why I've been flying the flag for him for so long but I think now that he's kind of cut that out and is having legitimate bangers with guys like Ishii and Shingo and Naito without having you know the first five ten minutes of the match being quote-unquote wasted with him doing his heel shenanigans I think people are really starting to come around and, and he's a guy you can count on to deliver an exciting match uh, okay next category then is the Biggest disappointment of the year, which I will send your way now. Right. So we have in third place the Dominion main event of Okada versus Jericho. Second place, the heavyweight tag team title scene. Uh, so, so the Dominion one got 694 points. Heavyweight tag team title scene got 797. And again, another runaway winner here. Biggest disappointment of the year. Ring of Honor's half of the ROH NJPW G1 Supercard with 1,371 points. So uh, any surprises for you there? Not really. I mean, that got my number one pick. Um, I think I had... Um... Heavyweight tag team scene. I think third for me was the uh, ticket sales for G One. That was that was a bit disappointing, right? Uh, even again, even though the the crowd there was uh, really great, really fun, and I had such a great time there, um, it was a little disappointing seeing a lot of empty seats. So uh, I had to put that on my list. But yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> it's been it's been beaten, uh, and there's still more punches to be thrown for ring of honor uh listen new japan uh it's not like i haven't said goodbye to this relationship already but this is a clear indicator that the people listening living western ears right and western eyes adamantly passionately want you to to walk away uh, and that Ring of Honor stuff at Madison Square Garden was shit. We hated it. The votes are here. The people have spoken. Listen. Listen to us. You're doing the right thing. Walk away from this. The people have spoken. In third place, I had the ROH shenanigans, which, you know, to, to be honest, really, that's a disappointment for ROH rather than New Japan. I think it's working out pretty well for New Japan. Out, yeah. I don't think it's affected them badly, but uh, there you go. Second place had El Desperado's broken jaw injury because just I'm a huge fan of Despi and I was hoping that he would break out this year. And it was such a, a star-studded lineup in the best of the Super Juniors. I really think he would have thrived in that. So I was, I was very upset that he missed out on that. And number one, I had the Okada title run, the world title scene, because I just think basically from Madison Square Garden onwards there was no real drama or excitement in any of those matches. You know, guys like 
Sonata, Chris Jericho, Suzuki challenging. At no point did I think any of those guys were going to win. And I just feel that at the moment, Okada is a bit stale as a champion. So uh, that was my vote for biggest disappointment of the year. See, I, I, I strongly disagree with that in the sense of you got your guy at his physical peak, uh, pro wrestling peak. I mean, to me, he's head and shoulders above guys just in aura and charisma. And he, and he, and he feels like a champion. Um, I don't have any problem with that. I think it's funny that we have uh, some votes for Royal Quest on Fight TV. <laughs> I would agree with that. What a what a boob job they did uh, with that with the dropouts and all that shit. Do you? I, I, I mean, I don't know the logistics, but like, if you get Fight TV, if you have the opportunity to get Fight TV, wouldn't you have the opportunity to have New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan World? Like, why would anybody pay $50 or whatever they're charging for Wrestle Kingdom when you could pay 9 bucks and get not only Wrestle Kingdom, but the the quality content that they deliver uh, in their archives? W- w- what am I missing here, Joel? Maybe it's just we are so deep in this bubble that it seems obvious to us. But I suspect that there's a lot of people out there who don't, really know about these sorts of things who are not aware that there are these new japan world shows going up all the time live english commentary only 10 bucks a month i think that's something we take for granted that a lot of casual wrestling fans maybe don't even know about oh i I guess i just think it's such a fucking like and and here's the thing I'll, i'll flat out tell you i had such a piss poor experience with fight tv that i would never do it again Never in my life would I ever order anything from that service. I'm just telling you from my personal experience, you do whatever the fuck you want to do, but I'll tell you flat out, I would never, never recommend Fight TV. Next category is Wrestler of the Decade. So third place, we had Tetsuya Naito with 572 points. Second place, Hiroshi Tanahashi, 2,094. And the winner with 2,470 points was Kazuchika Okada. So the fact that I'm a relatively new fan means I don't feel that I am qualified to speak on this as much as you are, Damon. So you want to talk to us about this, what your thoughts are on these results? Um, A little bit shocking. I really thought this was Tanahashi's. Um, considering you know, all the main events that that he has been involved in, and all the important matches, and and again, people like to 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 give him the the trophy of of saving New Japan Pro Wrestling, and and that maybe that's a little extreme, but I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised um, that Tanahashi didn't win this. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing that Okada won. I certainly don't. Um, but I, I honestly think Okada's best years are even still yet to come. Uh, I knew Shinsuke was going to get low, be low on on the on the votes. But you got to understand the beginning of this decade. Um, him being one of the youngest world champions and him kind of resurrecting himself. Um, he was he was a part of almost every big show in the early part of the year and and, and, and and even until he left, right? You can't you know hand wave that. Um I I just I guess the fact that he was not there for the second half of the decades has hurt his case then. Yeah. I mean I, I and I can see that. 
I definitely I, I can understand that. Um, and 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 as we stand here right now, the company is more profitable. The company company has more eyeballs. The company sells more tickets with him or without him than with him. And again, that's a combination of the entire uh, process. I understand. Um, I went Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura. The, those those were were my three votes. Um, while Naito is a has a huge fan base and is is very popular and uh, is a cornerstone and 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 if my predictions hold true, we'll walk out of here with two titles. Um, I just think from a New Japan his, history perspective, I kind of feel like Nakamura has a little bit more in his uh, in his pocket than Naito. Um, but even then, with that said, Naito, you know, he's been, you know, he's been in the mix, but I think he really took off with Los Ingobernables. Before that, I don't, I don't know if he was, if you would call him a dud, but Stardust Genius really wasn't this fucking home run, right? So I think people are kind of turning their eyes to Stardust Genius Naito and really putting all their eggs in Los Ingobernables uh, basket, which is a, a huge, fitting, big basket. Um, again, for me, I went Nakamura third, Tanahashi first, Okada second. And favorite rest of the year, uh, which I'll send over your way. So uh, top three, Naito with 60 points, Shingo with 99, and Will Ospreay 148. Wow. So not dissimilar to the uh, rest of the year awards there. Um, other stuff I thought was interesting, 10th place, Hiromu, 13. Taichi, 9th place with 15. ZSJ, 25. Okada, 37. Ibushi, 38. Jay White, 39. Ishii, 45. And then Naito, Shingo, and Osprey. So anything surprise you there, Damon? Uh, only in the sense that, again, and the, these votes, uh, you only voted for one, right? Um, I'm surprised Osprey got number one. I really am, as, as their favorite wrestler. Because, I mean, if you take our Discord as a sample, I, I seem like I pop in there every once in a while, and it's I, I see more anti-will than pro-will. Am I out of my mind in that? Uh, no, I... I agree with you on that. So I think it's kind of weird, again, using you know the weirdos that go on our Discord, right, and the most vocal people there, um, yeah, and seeing that number. I mean, so you know, again, sometimes sometimes you get the most extreme fans um, in in a place like a, like our Discord or uh, or just vocal online, and the reality is is that you know people. Might not be as vocal, but they're gonna they're gonna have their votes cast. Uh, for me, my favorite pro wrestler uh, and favorite wrestler of the year, I actually went with Zach. <laughs> I there's I never I never fast forward a match. I never turn him off. I love his promos. I love the style. I love everything about it. So my vote uh, actually went Zach Saber Jr., which was down the bottom of the pile. Uh, my vote was for Taichi because again, as I've said before. I thought the matches were great this year. Everything just all came together. And I think the promos are pretty underrated as well. And he's got terrific entrance and entrance music. So Taichi gets my vote. And least favorite wrestler of the year. I'll just do the top 10, actually. 10th, Jay Wyatt, 14. Yujiro Takahashi, 23. Manabu Nakanishi, 24. Doki, 32. Jado, 33. Honma, 40. El Fantasmo, 45. Mikey Nichols, 48. Yoshihashi, 69. And Bad Luck Farley with 137. What do you make of that? 
Um, I actually thought that just from, you know, internet chatter and all that kind of stuff that uh, Phantasma would be much higher. I'm actually surprised by Mikey Nichols. People don't don't enjoy Mikey. I mean, he's okay. He's he's there. He's just there for me, right? There's really, I don't I don't have anything passionate plus or minus. Um, I'm surprised he got that many votes. I think part of the problem, Damon, is that it's such a a, a talented roster. Yeah. That even picking your least favorite doesn't necessarily mean that they're really bad right. or you hate yep. them. It's just they're not. They, you, you know, you rank them top to bottom. That person's at the bottom. Yeah, I think you're right. I, 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 I right. And I think the El, El Fantasmo votes were more of, you know, heel votes, right? <laughs> you know, I don't like him because he does these things, right? Um, as opposed to quality of matches or, or uh, you know, or you just fucking hand waving them, right? I'll tell you who I voted for. Um, and he's middle of the road in this voting. But he leaves a weird taste in my mouth. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Please do not isolate that audio. Um, I voted for Honma. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, me too. Did you? Because uh, I voted because, yeah. one... I'm just terrified fa- every time. Yes! In the ring. Thank Joel, thank you very much. I just... I, I'm, I'm scared shitless. Like, people talk about these guys getting dropped on their necks and all this stuff. Okay, good. Like we're we're looking at a guy who it just doesn't feel right. I mean, I could be dead wrong, but have you looked at that arm? It doesn't move very much. I don't like him in the ring. I just I I I, I and I feel terrible for him because I like him. Like I like his character. I don't know him personally. What the fuck do I know? But he's you know I I know that he loves pro wrestling and I know that he's there because he loves pro wrestling and he loves to be in the ring and he loves to be around the boys and he loves to be in a locker room and he loves to fucking get in front of fans. I I understand that and that's why it's so painful. He shouldn't be in a fucking wrestling ring. Are you people out of your minds? Could somebody... I don't know. I mean, and I could be dead fucking wrong on this. It just doesn't feel right. It's right in front of my eyes. It doesn't look right. And I and I and I worry for the man. And I feel sorry for the yeah, man. It just feels like an accident waiting to it happen. Does, it does, doesn't it, Joel? It really does. For what? A fucking six man tag? For a fucking undercard six man tag? Come on. You're just sort of dreading the day, you know, hope to God it doesn't happen, but that if something bad does happen and we're sitting here, you know, not saying I told you so, but thinking we could all see it coming. Yes. But, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that and, you know, keeping my fingers crossed that everything stays safe. Right, but that's what we all hope for. You do worry. Yeah, we, yes, we do. And to the tune of, I'm fast forwarding. And listen, the matches aren't that great, but regardless. But I'm fast forwarding because I don't want to see it. That's why he's my least favorite right now, because I worry about the man and how his quality of life is going to be. And listen, somebody might text us and be like, you know what? He's 100% fine. He's got medical clearance and he's, you know, there's, you know, I don't know what you're saying, but okay. It doesn't, I I, I know what I'm saying. I I could be dead wrong, but it just doesn't feel right. So sorry. You got my vote. All right, and that brings our awards to a close. So thank you so much to the 609 of you who voted. Really appreciate that. 
Um, and thank you massively to Pete, yes. Pete Donahue, comms Pete, who compiled that uh, Google documents, which made life so much easier for us in tabulating those votes. So big round of applause to you, Pete, and all of you who voted. Well done, everyone. Good Absolutely. Job. Again, so we so appreciate it. So it's, it's always a fun time when we get the votes and we see the the winners. Um, and again, uh, we're not pumping our own chest here, but we know that there are people within that company that listen to this show. Um, and again, I'm not saying that it's all about, you know, the show they're making, but they listen. And, and, and I think that it's an important thing that your voice is heard so that they have a barometer of what's working and maybe what's not working. So excellent job by everyone. I appreciate everyone taking the time to do this. Um, it is one of our most popular shows and most popular downloaded shows. So, um, I hope everybody enjoyed and uh, again, Pete, Thank you so much for putting this together. It always stresses us out when we get close to award season. How are we going to do this? How are we going to how are we going to tabulate this? Because it, it gets bigger and bigger every year, uh, and Pete comes through for us. So, thank you so much uh, to everyone who voted, and especially to Pete for putting this together. All right, so I've got a flight to catch in about five hours. So uh, you'll forgive me for cutting the show short there. So in closing, you can visit redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast if you want to throw some bucks our way. And thank you to our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use promo code superjcast to get 20% off and free shipping. You can join our Discord. The link to that is in the show notes. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash superjcast if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. Big thanks to editor Dan. Visit his YouTube channel and on Twitter at Escape the box uk happy holidays subscribe to voices <laughs> yay subscribe to voices wrestling podcast network give us a five snake review on itunes follow us on twitter at superjcast thank you everyone for listening merry christmas happy holidays happy hanukkah whatever it is you're celebrating and goodbye